My name is Brian Kinsey, and I'm the pastor of First Pentecostal Church in Pensacola. I'm delighted that you're listening to this message, and I hope it blesses your life. If you'd like to submit a prayer request, or if you're interested in a personal Bible study, you can call us at 850-477-1100, or send us an email at firstpent at firstpent.org. We hope you enjoy this message. Praise the Lord. Let's all stand and give the Lord praise together. We give you praise today, Jesus. Hallelujah. That's it. Let's bless the Lord. Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. You've been so good to us, oh God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Praise your name. Praise the Lord. What a wonderful presence of the Lord in this place this morning. I believe, as Pastor already mentioned, there is a breakthrough in this place. I believe there are miracles here. The Lord is able to do exceeding abundantly beyond anything, beyond all that we could ask or think. I believe in this service this morning that God is going to exceed our expectations. If you believe that, would you one more time give the Lord praise and thanksgiving? Praise the Lord. I turn your attention to Mark chapter 12 and verse 41. The Bible says, And Jesus sat over against the treasury and beheld how the people cast money into the treasury. And many that were rich cast in much. There came a certain poor widow, and she threw in two mites, which make a farthing. And he called unto him his disciples, and saith unto them, Verily I say unto you. This is something that the disciples were unaware of at that moment in time. But Jesus said, I, I saw something that you guys missed certainly not uncommon for the disciples and not uncommon for us. You ever miss anything? Jesus calls the disciples unto himself and saith unto them, Verily I say unto you, this poor widow hath cast more in than not some, but she cast in more Then all they which have cast into the treasury, for all they did cast in of their abundance, but she of her want did cast in all that she had, even all her living. We already received an offering this morning, and my job is not to take another offering. And I know... If you've been in church any length of time, when you read scriptures like this, the only thing some people think about is the money. But it's not about the money this morning, unless it touches your heart so. But did you ever read this account of the widow and worry about what happened to her after she gave. Were you ever concerned about it? 
The Bible says she gave all her living. She put everything she had into the treasury. And this morning, just for a few minutes, I just want to talk to you about what the Lord dealt with me in my devotion about this widow woman. When nobody else takes notice, know that God notices you. God will notice you. Would you put your Bibles down and can we once again just thank the Lord for this day? Jesus, we thank you for your blessings, for the goodness, your presence that's in this place. We give you all the praise, the honor, Lord. You deserve it all. You have been so good to us. We bless you today. We magnify you, Lord. In Jesus' name, have your way. Amen, amen. Can you praise the Lord for he is great and greatly to be praised. Blessed be the name of the Lord. God bless you. You may be seated. When nobody else takes notice, understand that God sees and he knows. Deuteronomy 6 and 4, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Verse 5 says, And thou, that is me, that is you, shall love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, all thy soul, and with all thy might. It is God's desire that we love him completely. And if we love him completely, we will willingly serve him fully. If you love God, you will serve him with all of your heart. Just four short verses in the Bible can be found about this widow woman. Very quickly, you read through and see her story. You don't know her name. We don't know who she is. We don't know her life story. We don't know how long she had been a widow. We don't know what happens after she gave. But what we do know is probably more important than any of the other details What we do know is, is that Jesus noticed her. Jesus took note. Jesus took account. Jesus pointed out this woman's faithfulness to the people of Israel, the scribes, the Pharisees. They stood out from the crowd of the day. People took notice of them, of how how religious they were. They showed everybody their devotion to God and how they they conducted themselves and how they presented themselves, I should say. But when Jesus came, he began to break through that facade. When Jesus began to teach, he began to knock down what the Pharisees and the scribes were presenting as a true devotion. And Jesus began to tell everyone why they do what they do. And church, there are sometimes we need to ask ourselves that question, why do we do what we do? Did you come to church this morning because you were pressured to be here? 
Did you come to church today because you didn't want to let somebody down? Did you you do what you have done in the Lord because of somebody else's expectation or, or somebody else's idea of what it's supposed to be? But do you understand this morning that you need to ask yourself, why am I doing what I am doing? And if it's not because I love the Lord with all my heart, all my might, and all my strength, everything else is just for show. Jesus said, let me break it down for you. He said to the multitude, to his disciples in Matthew 23, he said, the scribes and the Pharisees, they sit in Moses' seat and all, therefore, whatsoever they bid you, observe that observe and do. But this is where Jesus drew the line. He said, what they tell you to do, do it. Make sure you do it what they say. But he said, don't do after their works. (laughs) Wait a minute, Jesus. These are the guys you're supposed to know. These are the ones that are setting the example. These are the ones in people's view. And I, they were the religious ones. They had it right. Jesus said, no, don't do what they do. Don't do after their works, for they say and do not. They bind heavy burdens, grievous to be borne. They lay them on men's shoulders, but they themselves will not move one of them with one of their fingers. Jesus said, okay, I'm going to break it all down for you. The people that you put up on the pedestal, the ones that you hold in high esteem, the ones who you think are doing what they're supposed to be doing, Jesus said, I know the story. I've got the account. I know exactly what they are doing. Verse number five, Jesus says, but all their works, Not some. He said all their works they do for to be seen of men. When they put on their garments, when they sit in the, go in the marketplace, when they're out in town, when they do what they do, they're doing everything in order to be seen of men. They want the praise of men. They want the uppermost rooms at the feast. They want the chief seats in the synagogues. They want the greetings in the marketplace. They want to be called rabbi, rabbi. But when they're doing it, just understand, Jesus said, they're doing it for the wrong reason. They're doing it on behalf of the wrong motive. They don't love me with all of their heart. They don't love me with all of their strength and all of their might. No, they've got a different motive. And that motive is to be seen of men. Think of the culture and the attitude that we're living in today. Do you realize that social media has given people the ability to get this reward loop that continually they need somebody to acknowledge them? They need somebody to to interact with them and tell them how good they are, how wonderful they are, how great they are. They need some kind of acknowledgement right back. Listen, uh, don't worry about whether or not man notices you. Don't worry about whether you're popular or not. Uh, Don't worry about whether or not... uh, You've got some, some, some backing of people, some made-up fantasy land. Listen, uh, the only thing that matters uh, is whether or not God takes notice. Uh, and I want God, uh, more than anything else, uh, to take notice of us. Uh, and I believe in this hour that we have his attention. Uh, and if we've got God 
God's attention, everything's going to be all right. And would you give God praise right now? His eye, his eye is of what's most important. Oh, clap your hands unto the Lord right now, all ye people. He is in this place. He is the reason why we do what we do. He's the reason why I clap. He's the reason why I worship. He's the reason why I give. Love the Lord thy God with all of thy heart, all of thy soul, and all of their might. The root of their devotion was something other than what Jesus had put on display. Jesus was saying this is why they do what they do. That praise of men was of most importance to them. Jesus, in other words, saw through what perhaps many people had suspected but never voiced. Jesus said, no, don't do after their works. Go ahead and follow what they say because what they say doesn't match what their works are. Church, more than ever before, I believe it's always been essential, but certainly today we've got to walk in what we believe. We've got to walk in what we say we believe. If we believe in one God, if we believe in holiness, if we believe in salvation, if we believe in being separated from this world, if we believe in compassion, if we believe in giving, if we believe in mercy, if we believe in forgiveness, I say walk in it. Walk in it. Walk in what you believe. Walk in the word of the Lord. Jesus said, I've got, I'm going to give you a glimpse at who these people really are. And Jesus assures us, church, that he has his eye on the sparrow. He said, are not two sparrows sold for a farthing? And one of them shall not fall to the ground without your father. Even all the hairs of your head are visible. They're numberable. To some people, it's easier than others. But understand, he said, that sparrow doesn't fall without me being aware. I know how many hairs you've got even on your head. I know everything about you. In other words, you and I are always visible to our God. Now, we acknowledge that, but do we live with that understanding? Uh-huh. Who do you want to be noticed by? When you post, and I'm going to use social media here for a minute, when you post, who is it that you really want to acknowledge you? Is there a person? And perhaps you've got too much of an attachment to this person. Did I just say that? I, I think I did. Are you in need of that much affirmation? That in order for you to live for God, you've got to broadcast it to the world and be pat on the back for living for God? Or do you want Jesus to go, I saw what you did today. I saw that you did your devotion. I saw that you encouraged somebody. I saw that you spent time with me in prayer. I saw that you walked to your best according to the word of God. And yeah, I saw when you... I also saw when you asked for mercy. I also saw when you asked for forgiveness. I also saw when you said, Lord, lift me back up. Lord, forgive me.
forgive me once again. I saw you today, and if man doesn't see you and acknowledge you, know that God knows where you are. Come on, clap your hands unto the Lord, all ye people. It's more important to be noticed by God. Jesus said this. He said, what you do in secret. Why does everything have to be publicized? I know it's this generation that we're, but but you know what? People have always been people. (laughs) But Jesus said, what you do in secret. Do it in secret. In Matthew 6, Jesus gives us three things. Now hold on to your seats because in church, you could see these three things that happen. Jesus said there are three things that people love to be seen doing. They want to be seen giving. They want to be seen praying. And they want people to know when they are fasting. That's not coming from me. Jesus said in Matthew 6, Take heed that you do not your alms before men to be seen of them. He said, Otherwise, you losing your reward. You don't have a reward of your father. Oh, yeah, you have a reward. Your reward is the acknowledgement of man. Oh, yeah, man says, oh, wow, boy, brother so-and-so, sister so-and-so, oh, wow, they gave so much, how wonderful they are. And listen, I'm not, I'm not against, certainly not against giving and when, how, when and how we do offerings, but I wonder, I would love one day, it'll probably never happen, but, but if in the grand scheme of things, some kind of way I'm able to do an offering at some conference or camp meeting. You know how I want to do the offering? I want to do the offering this way. Take your neighbor's wallet or purse. Oh, yeah, we believe in giving, right? Oh, yeah, I I believe in the principles of the word of God. Give that wallet, give that purse, give that credit card. Give that to your neighbor and have your neighbor give as much as they would like to see you blessed. (laughs) How do you think that would work, Brother Josh? (laughs) We say we believe it. We say we believe in that. But Jesus said, listen, don't put your arms out there for everybody to know. Don't sound the trumpet. Don't do as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets that they may have glory of men. Verily I say unto you, they have the reward, but when you, when you doest your alms, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. The alms that are being given in secret, your father knows in secret and shall reward thee openly. Listen, I want more than anything else in this life. You could either choose to have man's reward or you could choose to have God's reward. And to me, there's no comparison. I want God's reward. I want to be seen of him to do the right thing. 
Go ahead, read Matthew chapter 6. When you have time, Jesus tells you three different things. He tells you about that giving, praying, and fasting. And sometimes people just want to be on display of, of what they do. But Jesus said, that's all right. That's okay. They've got their reward, but it's not a heavenly reward. That, that is their, their reward of men. But I want God's reward. I would rather please God. Some desire to please men. Listen, if you haven't found out already, you can't please everybody. Can't even, well, never mind. Jesus said, John 12, nevertheless, the chief rulers, also many believed on him. But because of the Pharisees, they did not confess him lest they should be put out of the synagogue. For they loved the praise of men more than the praise of God. Here are men who they, they saw, they listened, they received what Jesus was saying. They believed on him, the Bible said. But they were unwilling to let go of their place in the synagogue. They saw and heard all that he did, but that praise of men meant more to them than the praise of God. Could it be that they enjoyed that spotlight too much? Could it be that they enjoyed the greetings too much? Could it be that the special invitations and the places in the synagogue, that the connections that it provided them, was it just too much for them to let go? They weren't willing to part with those things uh, to declare their belief in Jesus. In church, uh, we can't hold on more to anything else. Uh, we can't hold on to anything else. Uh, we've got to let go of anything uh, that we view as more important than him. How sad it is that they did not choose to follow Jesus. They did not want to lose what they had. Yeah, they made the evaluation. They saw something in Jesus. He compelled them. They believed in what he was saying. They wanted what he had to offer, but they chose what man could give. You made the wrong choice. You made the wrong choice choice what they wanted was that pat on the back what they wanted was accolades what they wanted was praise jesus was saying i'm not going to offer you all of that but i'm going to get i'm offering you life and that more abundantly i don't want to choose what man can give or man can offer jesus said luke 9 and 62 no man having put his hand to the plow looking back that man's not fit for the kingdom of God. These men wanted to look back at what they had and what they would lose by following after Jesus. The praise of man was too important to them. Church, we need to seek to please God, seek after the praise of God. I'd rather be pleasing to God than pleasing to man. Jesus has given me everything in this life, and he has promised us life eternal, and I say that's worth more than anything that man can give. Where else can we go? Perhaps a better way of rephrasing that would be where else would we want to go there's no place like the church. There's no place like his presence. When you look at Mark chapter 12 and Luke 21, just two accounts are given of this, the Bible calls this poor, certain poor widow. The Bible tells us that Jesus beheld how people cast money into the treasury. 
I wonder, though, for us this morning how things would change if we really believed that Jesus watches us. How would that truly change us? When you worship God this morning, did you have an understanding that he truly is watching? When you gave today, when you came to the house of God, when, you, when, you, when you're doing all that you do for him and for the kingdom, you understand that he has taken account. I've, I've been in church. I've been raised in church. I've seen preachers who don't do anything until it's their time on the platform. I've seen saints that don't do any kind of worship in the pew until it's their turn for their solo. And one of the, you know, it, that just drives me. Like, wait a minute. You want people to do something now and you don't do anything when you're out there? What, what are you trying to do? What are you, what, who, who are you truly serving? Are you serving the praise of men? When you play an instrument, when you sing, when you teach a Sunday school class, when you drive a van, when you do a ministry that is not acknowledged every Sunday, that you're not given a pat on the back, that, listen, let me just be honest with you. I've, I've been being honest with you, but let me just continue in that vein. <laughs> I got to catch myself now. If you want somebody to acknowledge you for doing something, listen, there, there's not enough time. Is it more important to acknowledge you for your ministry or reaching for the lost? I, I know we give people honor for what they've done, and you try to do your best to catch everybody, but I guarantee you, as long as I've been in church, somebody has always been forgotten. Somebody's always left off the list. Somebody's always forgot. You know why? Because they do their job so well, we don't even notice it. I know, I know this isn't popular, but listen, when God called me, my prayer to him was, I had, this is not what I desired of God doing what I'm doing this morning. When I began to truly devote myself to God, I said, God, whatever you want to do with me, just do it. I don't need any kind of praise. I don't need any kind of acknowledgement. I don't need a pat on the back. But God, if I'm doing what you've called me to do, that's of most importance come on clap your hands to the Lord he's worthy the Bible says Jesus sat at that treasure and he beheld he watched the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those them whose heart are perfect toward him. He is looking. It's interesting to see that in the scriptures, I only found uh, two other places where Jesus actually looked up. If you look in Luke's account, Luke, Luke was telling us that he, he looked up. 
And, and Jesus, in two other places, when he looked up, he blessed that bread when he fed the multitudes. And when Zacchaeus was in that tree, Jesus looked up. And in both occasions, it's a miracle. He feeds the multitudes. And when he looks up at Zacchaeus in that tree, he's miraculously transformed. And, and, and his life is changed. And he's given people back what he stole from them. And I believe it was fourfold more than what he stole and, and, and took from them. Something miraculous has happened. And Jesus is sitting at the treasury and the Bible says that he looked up and he beheld how people were giving. Jesus watched something very important though. The Bible says that he beheld how people cast money into the treasury. It wasn't just that he was watching if they gave. It was watching how they gave. When it comes time to give, does your spirit change? How are the people giving? Many that were rich, they just, they were emptying out. That's about two. They were, they were just bestowing much. Why? They were rich. They were just emptying out. Could it be that when they gave, it was more about their attitude in giving? Many that were rich, they cast in much. Wouldn't, wouldn't you think that Jesus would say, boy, they were being good and faithful, casting, casting in all that money? No, no, no. Jesus watched how they gave. The poor widow, let me ask you this question. How do you think she gave? Do you think it was her first time given? I don't believe it was her first time. I don't believe it was her first time there at the treasury giving. I believe this was something that was a part of her. I believe she was always a, what I will call, a two-miter. And you know what? Sometimes we are one-miters. We hold something else back and we give into the treasury what we're willing to spare. This widow woman had two mites. She's everything that she has. No one would blame her for trying to hold something back in a sense because she doesn't have anybody or anything. But the Bible says that she didn't give one, but she gave both. She gave all that she had. In her giving, she broke the mold. She had two mites and she gave both. She broke that understanding that the rich give and the poor keep. She said, I'm going to give. Jesus said, disciples, come over here. Come see something. You, you missed it, guys. You're talking about football or something. Come on over here. Let me show you what you just missed. They may have even witnessed this woman but they missed what happened. Jesus said, I've got to show you something very significant. And look at what the Bible does. Jesus is testifying of what this woman did. Jesus is testifying of what this woman did. He said, boys, 
this woman has just done more in her giving than everybody else. Do you understand this isn't the first time that God has ever testified of somebody? Ever heard of the man called Job? God told Satan, he said, have you considered my servant Job? And what was it about Job? Have you considered him? Have you considered his life? He's perfect. He's upright. He fears God. He escheweth evil. In other words, his life is being lived for me. Oh, yeah. She was unnoticed by man, but she was noticed by God. She was more, what she did was more significant than what man would judge as significant. She cast in more. Verily I say unto you that this poor widow hath cast in more than all they which cast into the treasury. Jesus' accounting was different than everybody else's. Jesus' accounting said, put her at the top of the list of givers. Because she gave all. Jesus' calculations show that this woman gave more than all who gave that day. And I want Jesus' record of my life. And church, don't you want his record of your life to show that you have not withheld, that you are not a one-miter, but you were a two-miter that you gave everything to the kingdom. Man viewed the rich men as the ones who gave more, but Jesus saw something different. The widow cast in more than everybody else. There was another widow who listened to God. She was in 1 Kings 17. God was able to speak to her. He even told Elijah, he said, look, I've commanded a widow woman to sustain you. God, can God speak to us? How do you view, and I'm closing here in just a moment, but how do you view when you read this story and the Bible says how this certain poor widow, how do you view her giving that day? How do you view her as somebody who's sad? Somebody who's pitiful, somebody who's just lonely and just barely making it and, and somehow just gets to that point in the treasury and I'm not sure what I'm going to do today, but I guess I, guess I got to, well, I got to give. Is that how you see it? You know, the Apostle Paul said in 2 Corinthians 9 and 6, but this I say unto you, he that soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly. But he which soweth bountifully, yeah, my two mites, shall reap also bountifully. Every man according as he purposeth in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly, Oh, no. No, 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 no. Or of necessity, i got to do it. No, no, no. But Paul said, oh, if you're going to give, if you are going to give, if you are going to give, God loveth a cheerful 
giver. Could it be that this certain poor widow that day when she got her turn to give and that treasury that she was just walking along and just thankful for the blessings of God upon her life and walking in the grace and the mercy of God and maybe she didn't have everything she wanted but she had the ability to get herself to the temple and when she got to the temple she knew I've got a God who loves me. i got a God who knows me. I've got a God who loves me. I've got a God who's been so good I'm not going to withhold but I'm going to give him everything I've got I'm not going to withhold but I'm going to bless his name the Bible says the Lord loves a cheerful giver could it be that she was the only one that day that was able to give God the right kind of praise and the right kind of giving and the right kind of blessing Oh, clap your hands unto the Lord right now. (laughs) Could it be that everything about that woman was something positive? I don't view it as negative, and you could stand with me right now. When Paul says uh, that the God loveth a cheerful giver, I don't believe this widow woman was, was contrary to that, but I believe she walked in that principle. Not only was her attitude right, her motive was right. And I believe that the principle was the same for her that when she sowed bountifully. I don't have a doubt in my mind (laughs) that when she left the temple that day, that she had a concern about what she was going to eat, what she was going to wear, who was going to take care of her. But I believe in her faithfulness, when she left that day, she left knowing that God's going to take care of me. Church, God has taken care of us. He will continue to take care of us. God is able to make all grace abound toward you that you always having all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work. Her condition in society of being a widow, it did not discourage her one bit from doing what she knew was right and being faithful to God. You may never be seen by man, but church, I just wanted to remind you this morning that God sees you and God knows. And be thankful, yes, if you are acknowledged, that's a blessing, that's wonderful, there's nothing wrong with that. But but if man should overlook, don't get discouraged, but just know that Jesus has a record and he's got an account. And if you continue to sow bountifully, Understand that there's a harvest coming back your way. Let's praise the Lord right now. Hallelujah.
Would you lift up your hands right now all over this place? Would you just lift up your hands unto the Lord? Some of you this morning may feel like you've been forgotten, unnoticed, and maybe you feel like you're isolated from everybody else. And considering all that we're dealing with right now, that would not be unusual, but God knows where you are. He knows what you're battling this morning. He has watched your faithfulness and your dedication to him through the years. He is not forgotten. And I pray his blessings to be bestowed upon you. I pray his strength to come upon you this morning. I pray the touch of the Lord to come upon you this morning. Be encouraged. Be strengthened. Be lifted up. Be encouraged right now in the name of Jesus. Would you lift your voice right now unto the Lord? Would you call upon the name of the Lord? Yes, Lord. Yes, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. What I'd like to do right now as they begin to sing, would you just take a moment in this service? I know we're concluding here in just a moment, but the way we need to do our altar services right now, would you just take a time, a moment of worship right now? A moment of worship. A time of worship. We hope you enjoyed this message. Please reach out to us if you have any questions. We can be found at firstpent.org. That's F-I-R-S-T-P-E-N-T dot org. If you're ever in Pensacola, Florida, we hope you visit us. Be blessed in Jesus' name.